Welcome to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm so good. I get to see you twice <laughs> in one week. That's crazy, right? I couldn't right? think of anything better. Yeah. I know. Must be Thanksgiving week, so you have something to be thankful for. <laughs> Thank goodness that we have this podcast so that I have some one thing to be thankful for. <laughs> All the time. I was thinking about Thanksgiving today. We were shooting messages back and forth, and we were talking about our sponsor that we're going to talk about here was RP. And I'm like, I've got to get my shit together and get on the RP. And you got us a code, and it made me really happy. So I'm like, I think I can do that after Thanksgiving, yeah. after I have my Cracker Barrel and all my turkey and stuffing and sweet potatoes and put on my fat pants, and uh, I'll be good. And then I'll go in the RP. Yeah, I think after Thanksgiving is excellent timing. Um, I think that now is actually a really good time to talk about RP, and I'm really happy that they're our sponsor for the next couple episodes because... Well, number one, I've used them a number of times. Um, I've gotten on different templates and different M's. I used them when I was training for the marathon. I used them to lose the quarantine 15, put that on at the beginning of COVID. Um, and I'm I'm working with a one-on-one coach now using following their breastfeeding templates to make sure that I'm kind of just doing what I need to do, counting macros to get back to my goals in the gym, but also support um support my breastfeeding journey. So that's really important. And they've just, they've always been awesome no matter what stage of life you're in. But the reason why I'm stoked that they're our sponsor right now is because I feel like this is a time of year that a lot of people get, I don't want to say down on themselves, but like you said, they want to get their shit together, but there's holidays and there's family time and that can be tough. And I think that having RP in your corner can make it a lot easier when it comes to like navigating the holidays and feeling good about yourself and, you know, figuring out like how much stuffing can you put on your plate? Cause you can put some on, you got to get carbs in your thing. You just gotta, you know, you just got not loading up two entire giant salad bowls of it, which is what I do. <laughs> um, and it's just nice. It's just nice to have like templates in your corner and the app on your phone. If you want to do one-on-one coaching, you can do that. And there's this a whole bunch of different ways to make sure that basically your diet is on autopilot. Like they tell you what to eat, when to eat it, and you just you just get the results and you're never really hungry. It's awesome. Um, so if you've listened this far, you're probably like, what's the damn code, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's KC10. Um, it'll give you 10% off of everything at rpstrength.com with the exception of the one-to-one coaching. But if you want to splurge on that, I do highly recommend it. It's nice to have someone to keep you accountable. Well, and they have a bunch of sales right now and you can use it on top of their other stuff, right? Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. They're doing all their Black Friday stuff. Well, I'm not, this is going to air. Who knows when this is going to air, but if they're running sales, the last time that they were doing it, you could stack our code. So make sure that you at least try, try to stack it. Give it a shot. And they're good people. We're going to have uh, Nick's coming on, right? He's going to be on the show. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Nick's going to come on to talk about this exact thing, actually, as far as like dieting around holidays or pressure on the end of the year, new year type stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to have him. This is, they're just really great, wonderful, supportive people. And they've, they've been with me personally supporting me through several different types of fitness journeys. So I'm very well, grateful. When you talk to Nick, I want you to tell him to wear a loose fitting shirt. Cause that dude is jacked and he's going to make me feel <laughs> bad about myself. He's a nice dude, but he is a big boy and I'm going to feel bad about myself. So tell him, I loose, will, loose fitting shirts. I will tell him to wear his baby gap tees <laughs> yeah, and exactly. come on our show. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's a nice dude. That'll be fun. So go hit their code, save some money. RP will help you save on your waistline. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. 
We'll see how they do for me after I eat all the turkey and dressing. It's going to be awesome. Look, I love your background. You, into- I know your drinks just magically appear with your background. <laughs> this is how you know I have mom brain is we are kettlebells and cocktails and 10 out of 10 times I will forget to bring my cocktail on the show and I will text Matt and be like, bring me a beer quick. And he'll just like appear out of the blue. I love it. Well, we're going to make some cocktails tonight. We have a very special guest who makes drinks for a living. Uh, technically not alcoholic drinks for a living, but we're going to make some alcoholic drinks because it's kettlebells and cocktails. And uh, we have the founder owner of O2. If I get your name right, Dave, Dave Kalina. I got it right. Look at that. Just like that. Hey. Nailed it. I just stuck the landing. You, you like that? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Dave and I ran into each other at the Rogue Invitational a couple of weeks ago and spent a bunch of hours solving all the problems of the world. I think, we, I think we solved them all. I think so. We're done here pretty much. Pretty much. But we were spent as we were talking, I'm like, dude, we need to have, now that we have kettlebells and cocktails, we need to have a happy hour and make some drinks with your drinks. And he's like, we've done that before. I'm like, all right, I'm game. Let's well, do I it. Haven't, I haven't done it live. And, oh, and no. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't drank well on a podcast before. So that's new. <laughs> well, we're not lucky. So, 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 so there's, there's, there's some, there's some new territory being charted here. Well, and, I, have my and the last shaker. I do too. That's oh my gosh. You guys are so fancy. I can't wait to see what you make. Oh, well, all right. I'm going to tell you what's in this concoction and I'm going to pour one and then I'm going to add some O2. So, uh, my, my favorite drink right now is Terramana tequila. I love it. Love by the rock. I'm also about to have a Terramana tequila drink, but go on. No, yeah. no. Did you guys coordinate this ahead no. of time? Now I added Grand Marnier to mine, give it a little orange flavor. And then I am using your uh lemon lime to give it that okay. tradi- so you give it that traditional right. that traditional margarita. Now there's no salt in this, so we'll see how I it works out. Always salt the rim, man. You're not going to salt the rim? No, no, it's too much. And my cat's floating around here, and he's probably going to start licking the alcohol that I've poured, and he's, Bean's going to be drunk in about five minutes. It's going to be great. <laughs> Perfect. Is this going to be good, um, or am I going to spit this out on my screen? I think it's going to be really good, but let's, let's see the moment of truth This is a here. live test. Live test it's right very now. Good. It's very it's good. good. This is not a paid endorsement, folks. No, no, no. And I, did not, I did not provide him with that recipe either, but that's well, a damn good sounding one. Well, as you make yours, I'll, I'll tell you my backstory, why I figured it would probably be good. So it was, um, gosh, it would have been 2017. And can I, can I go off camera yeah, you, to make yeah, one? Yeah. Is that a, okay. All right. Yeah, I'm going to get my audio. It's an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah. Most people can't see you. So 2017, Nikki, I did my first competition. Okay. And I talked about the comp before. It's the one I won, right? Masters main event here in Cleveland. And it wrecked me, wrecked me because then, you know, just I'm old. And uh, when it was over, they gave me a little swag bag that included fit wine and it had uh, some kill cliff in it, and mm-hmm. which was like a lemon lime kill cliff of some sort. And I had nothing in the house, but tequila and this kill cliff. And so I made a, I called it a mangarita at the time, which was just kill cliff and tequila. And I sat in my jacuzzi. And soaked, and I'm lucky I didn't die from rhabdo or something from just drinking alcohol <laughs> after a competition and sitting in hot water. But it worked. I felt much better. That, 
That's an aggressive cocktail. When we first, when we first started like CrossFit and we were paleo and we were like paying attention to like our diets back in the day, like a decade ago, I remember Matt was a big fan of Rob Wolf. And I think Rob Wolf was the one who coined the term uh, NorCal margarita, which is like just tequila and a squeeze of lime and like a couple ice cubes in your drink or maybe like a splash of soda, but whatever it was, was like super heavy. And Matt was like, this is going to be my new drink. I'm going to drink NorCal margaritas and like take one step and be like, I'm just drinking a glass of tequila. Cool. Cool. Surely surely that recipe included salt too. Like Rob Wolf is the salt guy now, right? Element. Sure that it did. Maybe. Maybe that was the first of element as we know it today. So what'd you make, Dave? What's in your drink? I haven't made anything yet. I'm going to do this live. Um, And I should preface this. And this is true. I have, I have a good handful of recipes for O2 cocktails, but I thought that'd kind of be cheating. So I am not doing any of the tried and true recipes. I'm happy to share those, but I'm doing, this is totally ad hoc and I am not a bartender, nor do I play one on TV. So what I'm pulling together may very well taste awesome or it may very well taste terrible. (laughs) And there's only one way to find out. I'm so ready for this. I would, I I would appreciate an email of said recipes and we'll put some of the show notes. Yeah, I think our, our listeners will want those. Yeah, I, I think the, the margarita that you just made is is a pretty good one. You know, caveat, I would add salt, but hey, that's just me. Um, I am also going, if you can see this, Terramana tequila. Uh, I, I actually really like this tequila, and I'm kind of a, I'm a tequila snob. Um, I bought it because The Rock, and I feel Same. like such an affinity for that guy. He's just such a good human being. He's awesome, yeah. and I like, just want to... Not that he needs support, but, you know, just want to like prop up, you know, prop up his business a little bit. Um, this tequila is delicious. Mm-hmm. Like I, I drink this meat and it's, it's tasty. Um, so I'm going to do one part. Terramano. Is it Terramano or Terramana? I think it's Terramana. I think. Yep. Yeah, you're right. All right. One part Terramana. Now, here's where this will get interesting. Um, I love The Rock. As you guys know, uh, I also recently relocated from Ohio to Colorado. So now I'm, I'm all kinds of Colorado snobbish, too. So I'm, I'm going to put some Colorado vodka in this oh, as well. Oh, wow. We're going all <laughs> in. What? I know. So I'm okay. Do okay. Maybe half half a part. Two-thirds okay. of the way to Long Island iced tea at this point. I know. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I don't really drink mixed drinks that often. I, I tend to drink like whiskey straight, and, you know, okay. tequila. So, so when I drink a mixed drink, I want it to be fucking strong. All like, right. We're going to go. Might as well go. Here right? for this. Yeah. Right. And last part, I don't have any Grand Marnier uh, fancy pants, but I, I do have like bottom shelf triple sec. Triple sec. So there you go. I'm, I'm going to add a little triple <laughs> like sec Like plastic in here. bottle triple hey, sec. I, yeah, pretty much. I had that close. too. I had to decide, but this bottle of Grand Marnier has been sitting in my liquor cabinet for so long that when I popped the top off, the cork broke and uh, I had to poke the cork in there. I'm like, I don't think Grand Marnier goes bad, but we'll give it a shot. And it doesn't. It tastes great. Way to find out. So I've got, a, got my mixing glass here. Brand new. First time used, by the way. Kind of for Thanksgiving. Oh. I know. I know we're having guests. Uh, and I'll do, I don't know, like half a half an O2 in here. Which which flavor which O2? One? I went with the orange mango. Um, 
I went with the orange mango for this, and I'm, I'm confident in that decision. And I could use a little bit of caffeine too. So I tell you what I considered. I had I, here were, I had two backup plans. I have a bottle of Tito's, and I thought Tito's and the orange mango would be really good together. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. That's one of the recipes. And it seems so simple, though. I'm like, it's too easy, right? The other thing I could briefly consider, but it's just too late in the evening, was to do a mimosa with champagne mm. and the orange mango. I'm like, that would also be good. Okay, so I'm a huge fan of night mosas. Your girl will drink bubbles all day, every day. <laughs> well, look, I don't think there's a proper time. I'm I'm always down for mimosas, but we've got Thanksgiving coming up. And I have this little thing with my girls now that they're older that we do mimosas as we're putting the tree up. Nice. And, and so I've got champagne in the house. I'm like, well, I don't want to blow through champagne before the girls are here. Then they come over and there's like an empty bottle of champagne and they, they think I'm a bigger lush than they already think I am. It's great. That's love, man. Sa- saving the... Saving the chance for yeah. the ladies in your life. Yeah, for my underage girls, it's great. That's right. Yeah. right. It's excellent. Great A parenting. All right. I'm going to try this drink. Try it. Try it. <laughs> try it. I'm a little, let's see, yeah, optimistic. That's delicious. Is it good? Oh, yeah? It's really good. All right. You guys heard it here first. Vodka, tequila, O2, and triple sec. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. I honestly thought I was worried you were going to say that you should have picked one, like one liquor. You know, I'm, so I learned this trick (laughs) when, when I first launched or two, I I was actually dating a bartender. And so that, that was, that was sort of the genesis of all these cool mixed drinks that I now know is, is her and I just kind of messing around with recipes. Um, My favorite O2 drink is um, it's pretty strong. And it also mixes, it mixes vodka and gin. So it's, Ooh. what's the recipe? It's grapefruit ginger, um, one shot, maybe one and a half shots vodka, one shot gin. I mean, it's strong. Um, and then some uh, LaCroix, like the grapefruit LaCroix. Mm. Yeah. What a- garnish that with a little bit of grapefruit juice. Oh, man, that's good. Would that be a Paloma? Is that what that would be? Probably. I think. Actually, is it is a Paloma with tequila? Or is it with, no, it's with vodka. I think you're right. Bartenders all over the world screaming into their microphone, into their radios right now, like listening to us. (laughs) They can DM and correct me. Look, I was never a bartender. I worked in a restaurant, but I was never a bartender. Um, I think that would be a really excellent combination because it's like you get the bite from the vodka and the gin doesn't give you a bite. It gives you like a piney flavor. It gives you like a, like something a little herbal. I like, I like that. It's good. And and that was the first time that I'd mixed vodka and gin together. Um, and, and I'll do it maybe, I don't know, a few times a year. I'm not a big drinker these days, but might as well when I go, go all out. I don't know if it's because I'm older, but do you, do you look back on things like you pull out of relationships? Like, uh, like you have all these recipes. Mm-hmm. Do you look back on that with fondness? Like I have... Oh, um, yeah. Totally. I, I have a bunch of stuff from, <laughs> I have so many failed relationships. I have, uh, I shouldn't say it that way. I'll oh, give you I'm one that I, here's one I have. So I, I dated this girl for a while and, um, she bought me a, she bought me cologne that I still wear to this day. And it's really expensive cologne. And that's what I like. I always think about when I have to rebuy it. Cause it's like 400 bucks a bottle. And, uh, every time I buy it, I'm like, damn her. It smells so good. I have to buy it. <laughs> Kind of $400 a bottle? Look, Nikki, this cologne smells so good, though. I get so many it? compliments. It, it's uh, it's called Creed, and it's, a, it's the same cologne that Obama wore. 
oh, or so wears nice. maybe. Oh, and so dignified. look, this is the only cologne I've ever worn. This is a true story. It's happened to me so many times. I was in a store. I don't know. This would have been at this point a year ago or so. And I'm walking around minding my own business. I'm shopping. And I see this woman stalk. Do you know when you're being stalked? Like someone's like following you. Like I saw it happen. Like I watched her like kind of come over and scurry away and then come over again. And then finally she works up the courage and she comes over. She says, I just have to tell you, you smell so good. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. Right. That's amazing. You can't oh even make God. this up. Oh my God. You cannot Wait, you are not kidding. Up. I just Googled it. This shit is $445 for wow. a bottle from Neiman Marcus. Oh my God. But, yeah. But my point is it's a good memory from the relationship because I, I took a lot from it, you know, and you know, it's easy to look back on relationships and have bad feelings about things. And, you know, but you know, you can also look back on all the great things and that was one of the great things. And I guess, yeah, so I was just curious, like you, you look back on these drinks and you're like, man, that's a cool thing or no. Or are you like, that bitch made these recipes? Damn her. <laughs> I, I do. And I also have to ask, did that uh, did that chance encounter with the lady you thought you smoked it? Did that, did that lead to another? No, God, no. Is God, it, no. Oh, okay. Look, I'm, not, I'm not getting hit on in home goods. That's where I was. <laughs> it's not you should happen. check misconnections on like Craigslist. You're like, you were the man who smelled so good you were in the bald line guy. at McDonald's. You were the bald guy looking at mismatched plates and home goods so nice i to, sniffed in your general direction so nice to smell you no it felt creepy <laughs> real creepy i'm going in for a long hug the next time we see each other john hey. if i if i breathe deeply well see you did not you, you did not get to experience the scent dave because i was in Texas, and I only did a carry-on, and you don't carry a four and a half ounce oh, yeah. bottle of the most expensive sure. cologne on the planet through TSA. <laughs> like you don't, don't do it. Texas yeah, they, no. look, they'll they'll take stuff just for the sake of taking it. So I'm like, all right, I'll just go smell normal and not carry my cologne. That was great. Uh, well, next time I'm in Ohio, I'm coming for you. Yeah, or you know, if I do, you know, if I if I actually pack with a big suitcase, I can check the bag, and then it'll be fine. Let's do, a, let's do a group trip to Rhode Island so we can all smell John. Perfect. What's what's in Rhode Island? Is that where you're at? It's where Nikki oh, is. Dave, oh, dang. That. that hurts. I'm that sorry. really hurts. I'm a bad friend. <laughs> what's what in Rhode Island? Island? Nothing fun. Why would nothing, I be there? Nothing good. Nothing good. Nobody, Rhode nobody important. <laughs> nobody you'd want to associate with. What part of, of Rhode Island are you in? First of all, there's only one part of Rhode Island, okay? Because it takes like all of 7.2 minutes to get from yeah. one end of the state to the other. You could actually uh, no, carpet I'm, the entire state if you wanted to. You could. You can see Good. from one side to the other side. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just outside of Providence. Okay. Got yeah. it. Very cool. Yeah. When you go to Rhode Island, somebody goes, Nikki, where do you live? She goes, on the right. That's it. That's the full direction. I'm just on, I'm on the right. Yeah. Now, is, is Provincetown in Rhode Island? No, that, that's in Massachusetts. In, see, I'm showing my Northeast geography. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Providence. It does. Provincetown. Yeah, it's similar, well, but it's I'm actually not, not similar only, at all. I'm not the only idiot to ask that question. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> no. Well, that's, that's, the mid, okay. that's the Midwestern in you, Dave. That's, I'm with you. I was like, yeah, it's screaming in me right now. <laughs> you, you, said, you said it, and I'm like, it's totally in Rhode Island. And Nikki's yeah, right, lecturing you like, we're the assholes here. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> It's fine. Spe speaking of Ohio, Dave, you know what this? I argued with Carrie Pierce last night on the podcast. You know what this weekend is? 
Oh, it's, fuck, do I know what this weekend is? Are you kidding? What yeah. was Carrie's argument? She doesn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah, well, you know, she went to school there, and all she keeps going back to is, well, we won the national championship when I was on the gymnastics team. I'm like, nobody watches gymnastics. (laughs) Well, and sorry, Carrie, but I mean, when we're talking OSU Michigan, we're really talking the football game. We're really talking the day after Thanksgiving where two gridlocks go head to head and OSU generally kicks the shit out of Michigan. You know, I didn't even bring this up on the show last night. But when I had Carrie on the first time, it's a miracle she's ever come back on. She's come back on two times since then. She's so awesome. And she is so sweet. And the first time I had her on, I totally set her up for that. I said to her, um, we were in Columbus doing the interview. She was there for the Rogue Invitational. The year was in Columbus. And I knew she was from Michigan. And so I, at some point in the interview, I'd set her up to say where she was from and where she'd gone to college. And then I said to her, well, you're in Columbus. Are you going to get a chance to yeah. go down to the horseshoe and stand in the end zone? And she goes, yeah, no, cool. I'm, I'm not going to be in the end zone at, at the horseshoe. And I'm like, yeah, you're definitely from Michigan. You know? <laughs> and as soon as the words left my mouth, like you could just see it on her face. Like, I can't believe I fell for that. You know? <laughs> That's great. And I felt bad in hindsight, but it was worth it as Ohio State fan. Totally Dude, she, she was a hell of a collegiate athlete. Yes. A lot of people don't know that about, but she was an incredible gymnast. Oh yeah. Yeah. So guess, she was like national champ. When yeah. I first, when I first met her, it was at her very first regional mm-hmm. and I was doing sideline interviews and she, and every single interview, I swear to God, I kept being like, and and how long have you been doing this again? Yeah. Because she had truly only been competing in CrossFit for no, not even like seven <laughs> months or something <laughs> insane like that. Like not even the amount of time it takes most of us to get like one pull up. And she yeah. was like about to qualify for the game. Yeah. 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 She, she's, she's, she's never not made the games. Every year she competed, she made it, right? Right. right. Since then, basically. Wow. That's insane yeah. when you think about it. And, you know, I don't think she gets enough credit. I mean, I, you know, I, I think often people don't think of her in the same vein as Annie or Katrin or some of those maybe that have been on the podium multiple times or one, you know, mm-hmm. and I look at Carrie, I'm like, man, games, every time you went up to compete, you made the games every single time, you know, and the only American female to go however many times she's been. So the fittest, you know, American female ever, um, you know, yeah. been she's been on the podium mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you just look at her skill set. Like she's so unassuming that you just, I mean, she, cause she's not, you know, she's not that big. Like she's, you know, yep. I know they're all not that big, but you look at her and go, okay, well, she can't be that strong. And she's strong as hell. Dude, <laughs> like, she's incredibly strong. And, and she's also, and I think this is, this is one of the many reasons why I, I love Carrie so much. And I also think it, it can sometimes work against you in this sense, but she's so humble. Like she yeah. lives her life with such a degree of humility. And to me, that's really inspiring. Um, but I also, you know, I wonder if that's kind of, if, if that to your point, John, is part of the reason why sometimes, you know, people overlook the sheer incredible awe that is Carrie Pierce. You know, yeah. she's not, she's not one to thump her chest and talk about it. She just shows up, does it. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, we had an interesting conversation with her. I mean, it'll be aired by the time this comes out, but um, it made me think of you a little and, you know, kind of getting into the conversation about you, like, you know, she's starting all these companies, you know, kind of Dude, born out of CrossFit and yeah. born out of fitness. And, uh, you know, that was our commentary last night that she's, 
you know, she's going to be great at business, yep. not because she was a great CrossFitter, but because she's, she's great at she's being great. coach. She's great at learning. Yeah. She's a student, you know, she's like, great at being great at things. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, and I think like mentally driven too, like that's, there's a, sure. there's a commitment to following through that you totally. need to have if you're going to be great in any sport or if you're going to be great in business. Totally agree. And that's, that's what I admire most about elite level CrossFit athletes. It's like, it's like, you know, like the three of us, we've, we're, we're like good athletes, you know, we're probably, we're fitter than most. Right. But the, the degree of separation between us (laughs) and Carrie Pierce, it's, it's, you know, it's light years. And, and to me that, that comes down to probably 90% of it is just mindset and discipline and mental fortitude, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, the part of, of her conversation made me think of you, Dave, that I was curious to hear from you is that at some point she said to us, and Nikki, keep me honest here. She goes, well, I just identified a need in the community mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm trying to fill that need. And it reminded mm-hmm. me of what you do. Like you found yeah. this need for a recovery drink that's basically water, you know, or mostly water and, you know. It's not fizzy and, you know, you've got the, you know, you and I were joking at, you know, the, the games that, you know, like I call them, you know, by, by their colors, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I drink the orange one. I drink the green one. You know, how, how did you find, like, how did you identify that need and go, you know what, I'm going to dedicate my life to this. Boy, I'll tell you what, man, um, that was, I, I will credit Carrie with finding a need that does not involve shipping heavy drinks all across the country, <laughs> because that, that is a giant pain in the ass need to, uh, to, to fill. But, um, but similar to, to Carrie, I guess, in this sense, I, um, I effectively tried to scratch my own itch, you know, um, uh, this was about 10 years ago at this point, And I was, working in uh, corporate strategy at Nationwide Insurance, good old Ohio company, um, really big conglomerate. You know, I think when I left, it was like seven or $8 billion. That's Fortune 100 uh, companies tend to be. And I, I was doing pretty well there. I was rising through the ranks and I was making a lot of money, but I was fucking miserable. And about three years into my five-year stint there, I actually cut my entrepreneurial teeth um, opening a private nonprofit charter high school in Columbus called Cristo Rey. And, and that was, that was one of the coolest experiences of my life. That was such an incredibly formative um, project for me. And that was, that was the first time I had an idea and I, I made it like into something that wasn't a PowerPoint, you know, and, 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 and that was like, that was about a two year process. So and I didn't leave my day job during that process. Um, and so that became my night job. And I had this really demanding day job. And in order to kind of continue burning the candle at both ends and stay as active as I was, I, I found myself with a rather unhealthy addiction to Gatorade and Red Bull. And so once the Krista Ray project got off the ground, which by the way, I'm super proud to say that they have. So this school is, is a school that provides really high quality um, education to underprivileged youth. And they're in a part of Columbus that's, that's pretty kind of, you know, pretty rundown part. And, uh, they just graduated their sixth high school class with a 99% graduation rate. Wow. It is a, it is a remarkable, remarkable school. Um, and, and that was uh, like, it's, I could talk about that all day long. Um, but 
in, in order to, you know, do that, I, I needed some sort of fuel source that wasn't just water. Then my fuel source became, <laughs> became Red Bull and, and Gatorade. Um, so after that project concluded, I developed a taste for building stuff and I looked around and I thought, well, shit, you know, I'm drinking all this garbage and I feel bad about it, but I can't find anything else that I like better. So I might as well make my own drink. How hard can that be? And those were my famous last words. No, but really, how hard is it? Because it's fucking hard. <laughs> Pretty hard. Yeah, I fucking bet it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's really hard. I don't know what you're doing if you weren't like, you know, I kind of expected you to be like, oh, I had worked in food and beverage for a yeah, while. No, no, or no, like, you nothing know, nothing to do with, with the industry that I'm in or, you know, any sort of like stage in the company. Like, I was polar opposite, large company to startup, financial services to drinks. Like, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. And, and so Carrie, I, I mean, look at her contrast, her experience and what she's doing with mine for what to do. She is doing what to do, <laughs> you know, come right. up with an idea that doesn't involve a physical product and do it in a space that, you know, really, really well. Right. right. Um, well, but it, it is funny though. Like you guys identified a need the same way. She said, you know, I was always getting compliments on my abs. Yeah. So I knew there was a market for it. You said, I was drinking these crappy products and I knew there was a market because I wanted to replace it that's, in my own life. Yeah. The only difference is, is there's no cost of shipping her abs. I know. <laughs> She's got a great business. Yeah. And there's, a, there's a monster cost to shipping <laughs> yeah. heavy cans around the country. You're telling me, man, you are telling me. Um, but I do think for, for f- first time entrepreneurs and for anybody who really wants to sink their teeth into something, you gotta love it. Like it's gotta be so important to you. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a food or a drink or a, you know, ebook, whatever. Like it, you have to be so in love with it that you're gonna continue to grind for years and just continue to get punched in the face over and over mm-hmm. again for years. Cause it's so hard, regardless of what you're doing. It is so hard. And I'm sure that Carrie would tell you the same. Nikki did this. You know, if we can brag on my bestie for a second, like, you know, she was working for somebody else and then decided she wanted to be the boss bitch herself and went out and started her own agency. And, you know, she identified that need and did it. I don't know who told me that I could run a business. Like, (laughs) I don't know who let me fucking start a company. It's so easy, right? It's crazy. Well, I mean, yes and no. Like, yes, any like shithead can do it. Yes, exactly. Not to sustain, to start. Right. To start. Yeah, totally. But like starting a, starting a a business in 2020, like that was just an absolute shit show of an idea. And I'm, I'm incredibly lucky that it worked out. Yeah. Oh man. I didn't realize that. Holy cow. Good for you. Uh Well, if you made it through that, you can make it through anything. (laughs) Nikki, Nikki's far too humble here, Dave. Not only did she start this business during the height of the pandemic, but somehow she juggled my crazy ass doing podcasts at least once or twice a week through this entire thing. And then somehow you know, there's just a baby in the mix. What could go wrong? So, so basically two babies between John and your own baby. Yeah, exactly. I have so many things to take care of. I know. <laughs> I mean, three babies, you throw Matt in the mix. So, well, yeah. there's that. Yeah, of course. Poof. But I can totally relate Dave because you know, I, in, in trying to kind of like build this new thing, I had to work my, my other job, my just like full-time job for other people for a long time, for about seven months before I could make the switch over. 
Um, and then, you know, just shit my pants that I wasn't going to like drive us into homelessness. I think that's um, the smart thing to do. Um, at least, you know, again, as a first time entrepreneur, that's the smart thing to do. Like keep a steady paycheck until you know, okay, I'm onto something and this something can generate an income that will at least sustain me, you yeah. know? Yeah. Which is why I'm not making me millions and still yeah. working at the bank. Not yet, man. <laughs> I, but, you know, I feel like I, I know you uh, pretty well at this point, John. I, I feel like that's coming. Mm. I think you're going to be I, the next, the I next, hope. the next domino to fall. I, I think you both have far more confidence in me than I do, but we'll, we'll see. Well, sometimes I like that you don't have to lean into the me millions because every so often, like people are just so shitty in the dumpster fire that is the internet that John's like ready to walk away from it all. Yeah, Well, look, I, I can make a, a big impact in my local community doing the job I'm doing. Like, I don't get to talk about that much, but, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I hire a lot of people. I have a team of almost a hundred employees and manage, I think in dollars, it's, probably 1.2 billion maybe in total. And for me, like the exciting part is I get to give people their first job. I get Mm. to focus really heavy on diversity and inclusion, which is important to me and, and maybe give people a chance in the finance industry that they wouldn't have gotten from others. And then I get to groom them and teach them and help them grow their career and, and do other things. And, and it's, it's hugely, um, you know, meaningful to me to be able to look back and say, Hey, I gave that guy his first job and I'm watched him come up or watched her come oh, yeah. up and, Absolutely. and do that. And, and the company I work for allows us to spend a lot of time doing charity work as well. So we work with veterans groups. We gave away a house to a veteran a couple of years ago. Oh, and nice. I, you know, awesome. I spent 80 hours painting rooms and knocking out walls and, you know, it's like meaningful work. So, yeah, you know, I feel like people often think that they have to like go out and create the next Tesla in order to have an impact in the world. But my God, if there's ever been, you know, truthful saying it's, what is it? Think, think, uh, think globally, act locally. It's like, yeah. you don't have to, I mean, you can have such a positive impact by just being a good human. And I feel like, tell me if you guys agree with this, but part of what I wanted to do when I started my own business was I wanted to make sure that I never felt the way I felt working for someone else. Do you know what I mean? So like John and you like mentoring people and Dave and you starting your own thing and, you know, very slowly, but surely bringing on employees and growing. I mean, we're little, I only, I have two now, two full-time employees, two partners and two employees. So we're a company of, um, Your stage. Yeah, a company of five, which is a really big deal. And like, I just want so badly to be a good place to work where people like make good money and they're happy to wake up and go to work every day and they don't hate the people that they're with and they have flexibility in their schedule so they can have lives because they'll do better work for me and they'll be happy people. And I want that so bad because I didn't have it for so long. I think that's awesome. That alone doesn't matter what the industry is, that alone is worth. And like, how is that, how is that not a common mentality? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. I feel like, um, I feel like more and more it's becoming, and maybe that's just kind of the, you know, the, the optimist in me. Um, but I I feel like last year really accelerated a lot of things in Mm. society. And one of those things was an eye towards the greater good and an eye Mm. towards kind of global well-being versus just personal well-being 
And I think that that's, that's something that, you know, I hope that doesn't go away um, as, as COVID sort of the dust settles, but that's something I think is here to stay. And it's, the thing is, it's not that hard, like uh, uh, not to brag too much on O2, but we just went through over the course of the last six months, a process of becoming carbon, carbon neutral. Mm-hmm. And that, that was not, that was not that hard. Like that was, it was, it was kind of a pain in the ass and it was kind of expensive a little bit, but relative to everything else, that was not that big of a deal. And we haven't announced it yet. It's a breaking news, but we're now actually hey. carbon, carbon negative. And that wasn't that hard either. And so it's like, you can do these things if you just pay attention a little bit to being a good human, <laughs> you know, like give 20% of your thought process to that, to the greater good and leaving a positive impact, you know, 80% can go towards all the other shit that goes into running a business. But I feel like people now appreciate that and respond to that too. Yeah. And I feel like people now also are develop like they're developing a better understanding for like what can be done and how and where, and like, fuck you, I'm not going back into the office because it turns out I can do my job from home. And like, in the reality of it is it saves everyone money and headaches. So let's just, and, but like, and that's just one example. And yes. yeah, just, like, yeah, come on. Like all these things that we're learning, you know, I think you're totally right. I hope that some of that is here to stay because we've, we've certainly like adapted as a people. And I think a lot of that can be positive if you look at it in that light. I agree. What can I turn the tables on you real quick? Nikki, what was the last straw for you? Like, what was it that made you decide, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. Like I'm going to, I want to open my own business now. You, like in terms of like doing my own thing and starting this business on my own, yeah. you know, so we, my, my partners and I, we, um, so we, we have an ad agency, so we do ads and, and yeah. we, and by the way, I, somebody, I can't remember who, but I, I, this is not a plug. Somebody was raving about your work to me maybe two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, it John? Yeah, I don't think it was John. I don't think it was John. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I can't what remember who it was. Again? What did I do? Some, well, I, unfortunately, I don't think you did anything in the sense, <laughs> but, but somebody was raving about, about Nikki and her agency's work in the oh, digital marketing so space. Nice. Thank yeah. You. And it, oh it was also sister. somebody who I like, I like and respect. So it wasn't just like some rando. It wasn't me. Heart. Sorry, Nick. It, was- it wasn't John. Oh, damn it. Um, but anyways, no. we, we were all, me and my partners were like working at a larger agency, a more traditional ad agency, like Mad Men style. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, we did a, a Reddit ad campaign, which is like a sentence that shouldn't exist, right? Because Reddit is the community of people that hates ads. So we did this Reddit ad campaign for Woodchuck Hard Cider, which I don't know if they have that where you guys are. They have yep. great um, language. Oh, yeah. And it was the most successful ad campaign that Reddit had ever seen. And the Reddit, yeah, the Reddit CMO reached out to us and she flew us to New York so that we could explain to her staff how the heck we did it because you should not be able to advertise well on Reddit. You just shouldn't. This is like the community of people that will like tear you down for ads. Um, And so we spoke in New York and, and after that, the three of us kind of got together and, and one of us, my business partner, Jess came to Rachel and I, and he was like, I think we can do this. Like, I think the three of us can really, like, this is, this is the thing, like, this is the proof. And then the last straw was kind of like, not really getting recognized for that work, the way that we wanted to in the larger agency and being like, I think 
I think we can actually do this on our own. Let's like give it a shot. So it's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, this you make another drink. I added ice. I didn't make it. So yes, I made another drink, but I just, I added ice and then I filled it up. So yes, I'm, I'm going to make another one. And this, this next one. So I, I had, I had two or three in mind here. Um, do we have time? Do we have time? Yes. Do yeah. it up. Okay. Like so the next one, I'm, the next one I'm pretty sure is going to taste bad. I didn't want to play it all entirely safe. Um, but I, uh, I'm going to grab the ingredients so we can, we can keep, keep talking here. You know, okay. As you, Oh, go ahead, John. No, you go ahead. You, you first. Well, I was going to ask. No, oh, thank you. I was going to ask Dave as he's like gathering ingredients and making his drink. If there was like a, I'm sure it's the longest story that could ever be told, but if there was like a cliff notes between how you decided that you were just going to make drinks now, you're this guy that doesn't know how to make drinks, but you know, yeah. you need to, cause there's something out there that's, you know, that's gotta happen for you. Mm-hmm. If you, how did, how, what's the cliff notes between like, you went from a decided to make a drink to now O2 is like an absolute staple in everyone's box and their home and their CrossFit garage gym and all that stuff. I'll try to give a cliff notes. This is going to yeah. be a tough one. <laughs> um, so uh, left, left nationwide, <clears throat> wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I, like there was no drink, you know, business in my head. I, I did have a business in my head. And I wanted to build some type of business that society would be proud existed. So I wanted to put something into the world that was like better for you, good for you, like a positive product or service. And I wanted to, similar to you, like I wanted to to have a a place where people would be proud to work and a company that people would be proud existed. Like, you know, there's, there's so many companies where people either don't give a shit or it's like, Oh God, like Facebook. Oh my God. I wish this place would be so much better without it. But but O2 or the Live Well Collective, O2's parent company, was to be a company that people would be proud of. So um, I started coaching because it turns out startup ideas don't pay a salary. I started coaching first, uh, first a, a type of martial arts that I was training pretty intensely in called Krav Maga. And then that led me into supplementing my training with CrossFit. And then I started coaching CrossFit. And all the while, you know, this idea for like a, a healthier Gatorade basically um, kept nagging on me. So I, I, I approached a, a good buddy of mine who um, was and still is actually a physician at Ohio State's hospital. Um, and he became my co-founder of this drink idea that we had. And the whole premise was cleaner Gatorade, but we're going to add some caffeine because we like caffeine. And oh, by the way, Dan, the doctor uncovered some really compelling medical literature that showed the accelerating effects of ingested oxygen on the liver's metabolism of toxins and recovery. So we're going to, we're going to oxygenate this drink too, as if the rest of it wasn't, wasn't hard enough. Um, so, so <laughs> two, two guys who have no idea what they're doing. You know, one, a, a corporate strategist, the other a physician, neither of which have any experience making a consumable product. Um, rightly so, no, like no manufacturer in the beverage industry would take our phone call. Like we couldn't find anyone to pay attention to us. So we took things into our own hands and we decided that we wanted to create like a minimum viable product before we spent a ton of time and energy on this drink that we thought was cool, but we weren't sure anybody else would. And so we bought a, used bar gun from a restaurant supply store 
and we bought some flavoring and electrolytes and caffeine on Amazon, and we procured a tank of oxygen, uh, somewhat illegally probably, um, and and we swapped out that tank of oxygen for the tank of, of uh, CO2 that the Barkin came with, and we started making this drink, like this oxygenated drink, and, and we found quickly that... Um, that it worked like a charm and everybody said it tasted terrible. <laughs> so I was like, great, that's amazing. Because if it, like we can find people to make this drink taste good, if it works, that's the hard part. Um, so, so we did end up finding people to make the drink taste good. And now like taste is one of the things people love most about O2. Um, and the product launched literally and figuratively, unfortunately for me, out of the back of my car when I was still coaching CrossFit. And so we got our, our foothold in that market because when I was a, you know, a one man show, I would, I was doing all the sales and deliveries and everything else. And so I begged and pleaded my friends with CrossFit gyms to carry my drink. And, um, initially they did it as a favor, but you know, it turns out it works pretty well in that market and the rest is kind of history. How, how hard was it to launch this company, Dave, and stay true to who you are? Like, I think like, as we, when we talked in Dallas, in, um, mm-hmm. in Austin, you know, I get this, had the very direct sense that, you know, you're obviously really big into community and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, charitable work and, and doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. often it's very easy to let those things come in conflict with how do I make money? Yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, um, it hasn't, that hasn't been hard. That has not been hard because th- that's been anchored in the whole premise of this business since inception. Um, I say that it hasn't been hard with a little bit of hesitation because I don't want to sound like, Oh, I'm like this super fucking noble guy who (laughs) has this incredible moral compass. Part of the reason why I think, I think it hasn't been hard is because I made a very clear point early on to speak very vocally uh, about our values and honesty and humility and hustle and indoctrinate that into our culture and our, you know, our value chain. And like, it's on the back of t-shirts. So there's no option for anyone at O2, especially me, not to live those values. Like it's, it's like this accountability system that we've sort of inadvertently created. That's why it hasn't been hard. It's, it would have been like, without that, there are so many instances where it would have been really fucking hard because mm-hmm. unfortunately doing the right thing is often hard. But if you have, you know, this, this sort of self-policing system internally and, you know, you're publicly known for your values externally, it makes those decisions a whole lot easier because you don't even entertain the easy but wrong path. Nikki, do you have these values at your company? Is you're just like, fuck it, give us all the money. What's your, no, what's your no, role? no. <laughs> we do actually, we review our values and pillars every Friday. Um, nice. as a group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Um, but no, you're right. And I think I would add that like doing the right thing oftentimes like costs money. And you need to, from the from day one, you need to be like, it's worth it for that. Like totally it's worth it. it to do the right thing, to spend the money, to whatever. Yeah, it takes money out of my pocket, but like I can sleep at night. And I think so many industries are so rife with like, and again, I don't, like you said, Dave, I don't mean to sound like Mother Teresa about this because I also love a healthy paycheck and a good Louis Vuitton bag. So like, take that, (laughs) you know what I mean? For what it is. But um, I think that so, so much of that requires you being like, I can sleep at night because there are so many just, you know, like silos and careers that are rife with 
ickiness like and advertising is one of them and that is also part of why we left the agency and started to do our own things like you can't i can't feel icky about what i do but make good money and and live a happy life i can't that cognitive dissonance makes it impossible which is good that's what probably why cognitive dissonance exists you know right right and i just hope i really hope that i can stick with that for the long haul and i hope that i don't like age into a bracket where i'm like whatever just give me the money and do whatever with the business because i but you see it happen you see that happen a lot you know i think that there's a point where you 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 kind of pick pick your path there like um for me at some point in the last two years i started to become much more motivated by uh the, the ability and and sort of the privilege of having this platform to lead by example and do some good shit in the world and yeah. you know talk about values live values it became less about uh how much money are we bringing in or what am i making and and much more about what like if i'm looking back on this in 50 years hopefully what can i really be proud of you know and so the things that like i love this never gets old. I'm, I'm sure you, you say the same in some capacity. I love it when strangers rave about O2. People who aren't friends or family pick up a can and I see them walking out of the gym or, you know, this sounds horrible, but like a, I'll see some O2, like a can of O2 on the side of the road, O2 litter. That, that's, that, that, is, that has been one of the highlights of entrepreneurship for me. It's like seeing your shit in, in the trash because it's like, I didn't do that. And nobody I know would do that either, you know? Um, but so that's cool. But the, the best part about my job today is being able to talk about our values and the people that work at O2 and the types of people who work at O2 and the types of people who are fans at O2 and the carbon neutral stuff and the carbon negative stuff and the Steve's Club stuff and the Out Foundation stuff. Like that's the stuff that really gets me up in the morning. Like those are fights worth fighting, you know? I love that. That's important. Now I'm going to make a drink that's probably not worth making. This is the one that I think is probably going to taste terrible. But start, start, make, start making your drink. Make your drink. I um I agree with all that. You know, it's it's funny, Dave. I mean, I obviously I've never told you this, but you know, I'm kind of constantly posting stuff, and so lately I've you know I've been doing some work with Dave around. Uh, we did some work a week a week or so ago uh, for the Big Fish Foundation, which is a yeah. charitable group that helps. Uh, veterans with PTSD and trying to prevent suicide, which is a really, really, obviously very worthy cause, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm tagging O2 and Dave and a lot of stuff. And I bet I had a half a dozen people just randomly message me and go, that Dave's a good dude. Oh, nice. That's awesome. You know, and I'm not telling you that to make your head big, I, but I think this is the result of the work you're talking about. It's like reputation is everything. And it's always interesting to me when I, your business owners and you know people like yourself talk about their business. I always envision people that want to come work for someone like you because you represent their values. And how many companies out there, like Nikki described, where people go to work and you know they wake up and it's like, oh, time to go make the donuts, <laughs> and they yeah. go into work and they just hate what they're doing. And you know, I don't know that much about your company, Dave, but I would imagine. There's a lot of people going into O2 tomorrow morning, pretty happy about where they're going. And I think, I like that's- think so, man. And I can tell you that <laughs> there's, you know, it's, it's not like we're like, I don't pay the most. That's for sure. We don't have like, this is not a, a financial driven decision for people to come to O2. Like we pay, we pay well, but it's not, 
you can make everybody on my team and they know this, they could make more money doing something else, you know, myself included. It's like, yeah. that's not why we're here. And, and so to a, to a degree, the, if you're really uh, authentic about your values and you walk the walk, that's, a, that's sort of an unfair advantage. You know, that's a recruiting tool for me that a lot of companies don't have. And I can attract really high caliber talent that I otherwise couldn't afford because they kind of like what we're talking about. They like what we're doing here. They're bought into the mission and the values. And, and so there is sort of a, I guess, as I say it out loud, there's, there's sort of a self-serving element to this too, because yeah. it, it's good for business in addition to just being good for the conscience. It's so interesting to me that this mentality for your company was sort of born in and out of the CrossFit space, because I just find that there's no other type of person in the world other than a CrossFitter who like will volunteer (laughs) to work at an event or like put those kinds of like feel good values above making a lot of money or like, you know, like we're just very much that type of that community of people and that type of people to like, be like, oh, I want to be, I love this and I want to be a part of it. So I'm going to sacrifice my own shit <laughs> so that I can actually get that done. You know why? I, so I am, I feel so fortunate to just sort of um, with O2 fumbled and, you know, stumbled our way into the CrossFit space. Like this was not part of the master plan, but I'm so glad it's part of the master plan. I almost exclusively hire either, um, either ex-military or you know, current or former athletes. Mm-hmm. And it's because though those two segments of the population, CrossFit's a great example, they know how to suffer. They know how yeah. to work, you know, and, and they're generally people who've got a really strong growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. If you're going to thrive at a company like O2, like you have to be there for it, man. You have to be there for the growth. You have to be there for the, for the long hours, for the weekends, because you know, especially when things get hard, that like a good crosser workout, that's where the growth comes from. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so interesting that particularly the military piece for me, you know, I think most companies will go, oh, yeah, of course, Military, you should hire military everywhere because, you know, they're soldiers. They take orders. Well, that's not true. And it's not yeah, true. Everywhere. And that's not like, it either. I mean, yeah, well, I've hired military for years and that, you know, early in my career, that was my mindset was like, oh, you should hire military. These are great people, which they are. And, you know, they work well in groups and organizations. So they should work well in your organization. Yep. But it speaks more to your organization when they don't. And I found at least in banking, like military is not a segment that works really well within banking because it's big corporate, very strict Mm. rules. It does not encourage independent thought and military encourages independent thought. Like when you're out in the field and you got to make a life or death decision, you want somebody that has independent thought, you know? Totally. Totally agree. And and I think if if somebody's hiring military because Oh, they're, they're going to be good, you know, order takers. You're getting the whole point wrong at that point. It's like you, you, you know, that's not why you hire military. You hire military because they know how to hustle and they're gen- they've got a strong backbone and they've got strong values. Well, yeah. and they're problem solvers. They're critical thinkers. They're not independent thinkers. They're critical thinkers, which is a totally. different thing. Totally different totally. thing. Totally agree. Right now, Nikki's like, Nikki never gets to see the business side of me. So now she's like, this is weird. This, I don't want to see the meme side. 
No, that's not true. I see the number side of you all the time. John, you're always like crunching numbers and being like, this is smart. And then you, uh, you're the ideas guy of this podcast. That's why I love working with you. He's well, a the, data guy. That's so <laughs> rare, that combination. Right brain and left brain. I know. Are you kidding me? Look, the, the thing about military, I have a brother-in-law who's in the military or was, he's retired now. But this guy's the quintessential critical thinker. Cool. He's, he's one of those guys, like he looks at a problem and he, he immediately tries to solve it. He doesn't look for someone else to tell him what to do. Now he is one where military, I think all are the same is if you tell them to go take a hill, they'll go take it. Yeah. Right. right. Like That's right. they can absolutely right. follow orders and they'll run into a fire at the expense of their life. And God bless them for that. Like that's a very unique trait that most military people share. But what it's they also team, share is that mentality, it's a sacrifice mentality. Yeah. You, it's, know, it's, you sacrifice uh, yourself for the greater good of the team. Yeah. It's a really, really rare thing. And, and, you know, humbling because it's not a gene I have for the record. Um, you know, but I, but I've also seen in him, he's one of those people that can go, that's a bad decision. <laughs> right. Mm. And go, I'm not going to do that. And yeah. you need people in the field that can do that. And you need people working in your company that can come to you and, and will be fearless to go, Hey, Dave, I tried your drink. It sucks. You need to change it. And I think that that's, um, I don't know if that's a military thing alone, or I've also found, yeah, I, I guess it, it goes back to the same principle, military and CrossFit and other, you know, like I just made a really great hire. I'm super excited about, and he's, he's a, um, he's an Ironman athlete. Cool. These, pe- these people know how to get uncomfortable. You know how to get uncomfortable and you're comfortable getting uncomfortable. You can have an uncomfortable conversation where you tell your boss, Hey, what we're doing is stupid. We yep. need to change course, you know, yep. versus like, I, it's just a whole lot easier for me to keep my mouth shut and it's not my company. So I'm just going to, yes, you know, exactly. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's important. All right. What's in your drink? You made your drink. What is it? It's actually pretty good, which, which it's, it's, I'm surprised by this probably wouldn't make top five, but it's, it's not bad. And I thought it was going to be bad. So I was inspired. I had a, a drink uh, a couple weekends ago um, that I haven't had for a while. Sazerac, oh. you know, Sazerac. So it's like rye whiskey. Rye whiskey. Yeah. Rye whiskey Isn't, that's an old, that's like a fifties drink. It's super old school. And they rinse the glass with absinthe. So it gets, <sighs> it has a little bit of a, doesn't have absinthe in it, but it has a little bit of an absinthe taste taste because they rinse the glass with it. Um, so, so I'm like, all right, well, this will be daring. What do I, what do I see if there's an O2 version of that? So I did um, lemon lime O2 and uh, some Bacardi, uh, some Bacardi rum in a glass rinsed with absinthe. And it's pretty good. <laughs> I did not think really? it was going to be good. Yeah. It's, I would give it probably a 7.7. They so just are hallucinating in a minute, Nikki. So I know pay, I'm ready for it. Oh, I don't do rum. Rum is not my drink. Oh man, I could. I feel like I could change that for you. I, I no. recently rediscovered something called a Hemingway daiquiri, and it's rum based, and it's fucking awesome. I, I have PTSD from rum, and I'm not even being exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating, Nikki. You'll love this. This is what you have to look forward to. When uh, my youngest daughter was would have been preschool. So it would have been before first grade. So, you know, pre-kindergarten, four, five years old, maybe. We had her in this little daycare school, preschool to preschool, 
right? And I get a call one day from my ex-wife. So yeah, she would have been four. Get a call from my ex-wife. Hey, Megan had an accident at school. You got to come pick us up. We got to run to the emergency room. So I get there. What had happened was Megan was standing with a sharpened pencil and some little boy pushed her and she fell back and it went into her nose. Oh my God. It went through her nostril, ripped her nostril open and hit her right under her left. It missed her eyeball by less than a quarter of an inch. Holy shit. And her, her nose was ripped apart. Right. So I'd take, I took her to the emergency room. They sew her up. It's like this horrific parent experience where your kid is literally screaming as they're, you know, sewing her up. And so I get home, you know, and so I, she all taken care of and she's fine. And I send her home with her mom. I go home to my house and I am a wreck, total nervous wreck, right. As only a parent could be. And I've got nothing in the house, but a bottle of rum. That's it. <laughs> and, and I don't even like rum that much. And I did like two quick shots of rum. And ever since then, I haven't been able to drink it. Like, it's just, it like brings back memories of that day oh, yeah, instantly. Yeah, you know? so, I'll tell you guys what, telling Matt this today, like, I know we're new in this whole parenting world, but like those like parent horror stories, they yeah. just hit different now. Mm-hmm. They just hit so different where like, I can't, I can't even like he can't, I can't, we're putting him in the crib for the first time this week and he cries and I can't even handle that. Like actual pain, like, holy shit. I'm going to, I'm hey, not, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Look, here's the true story, Nikki. Like Megan makes fun of me because I've met her friend, all of her friends a hundred times and I can't remember any of their names, like none of them, <laughs> but I could tell you the color of that room I was in when they were sewing her nose yeah. up. Yeah, I could tell you what that scream sounded like. I could tell you there was some stranger woman that was in there that hugged my ex-wife who was like losing her mind. Like I remember that woman's face crystal clear, you know, like just like watching back a video, like these are the parts. Yeah. These are the parts of being a parent that are not fun. And, and so now consequently I can't drink rum. So thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, that's also (laughs) not fun. Being a parent ruins everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the good news is she's fine now and she didn't have a scar from it. So that's even better. Sweet. I know. Go figure. We need to do more happy hours like this. I know. I feel like I could shoot this shit with you guys forever. I know. Likewise. That's because I'm like three drinks in. I'm like, let's talk about life now, people. (laughs) (laughs) What are you guys drinking about? We should all go to to Provincetown. Uh, Provincetown, Rhode Island. (laughs) Provincetown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Cessna, Rhode Island, right? Didn't we determine that? Bring it on. Let's do it. I'm here. I'm ready. I am down for it. I I think you guys should be releasing drinks. Mixed drinks from O2. Like send out, send me the recipes and I'm going to put them in the show notes. But yeah, please do. But I'm telling you, this margarita is delicious. I know. I, I, I like to think it's the best. It's the best clean margarita there is. No, no, no. Well, it's like n- no bullshit, dude. It's really good. And, you know, I've, I've said it. I've, we've already said it a few times. This is not a sponsored episode. Like this is really no. good. And I've had a lot of margaritas in my life. I'm like, all right, I should have been doing this all along. I would just like to point out, I bartended for years and years all through college. Well, how are you not making drinks on this episode right now? Where are you been? Well, I'm, first of all, easing my way back into hard liquor, okay? It's been like a <laughs> year right. since right, I that's drank. that's fair. 
You get the parent also, pass again. The little human I made eats every three hours, so I need to be right, a little bit careful. Too. Okay. <laughs> but but um, I have an excellent taste tester and a husband, and I will come up with new nice. recipes. Oh there. yeah, I will. Outstanding. Well, I will. I will ship both of you plenty of O2 to, mm-hmm. to flare mix on with. What, what about you? Got any new flavors coming? What's what's new for O2? What do you got coming up next? One of the fun parts of my job that I still enjoy because um, some, some, some parts you thought were fun once upon a time are no longer <laughs> a ton of fun, like, you know, delivering O2 or shipping shit across the country, but yeah. product development is still really fun. You know, cool. like that's, that's a cool thing. Um, and we, uh, was it this year? I think it was this year, either this year or within the, within the past 12 months, we released four new products to the wild. And, and that's, that, that exactly doubled how many products we had at Oak Steel. Um, Very cool. Three of those products were our hydration mix that has been sold out for what feels like forever. Thanks, COVID supply chain. Um, <laughs> and then the other product was a water that's actually become like probably one of, if not my favorite products we make. It's just water in a can um, because plastic sucks. I, I think we've got a good roster right now. Um, I'm looking at a couple things I keep around for inspiration, such as a few little shots. Maybe we'll do shots someday. But as far as product development goes, I think we're in a good place. So as much as it pains me to say it, I don't think we're going to be coming out with any new products over the next 12 months. But we will get the hydration mix back in stock, I promise. The water in a can is spectacular. Right? Isn't it crazy? Nikki, let me tell you about this water. Have you had their water in a can, Nikki? No, I've I've All literally right. only had Monster in a can at games. <laughs> All right, let me tell you about this. Yeah, it was right? not an excellent experience. So, you know, water in a can, right? Like, it sounds simple enough. It's brilliant for a number of reasons, besides plastic sucks. Here, let me tell you why I love aluminum. It gets cold. Mm-hmm. And it, gets really, it gets really cold. Plastic does not do that. I don't care how long you leave it in your fridge. It does not get the same mm-hmm. kind of cold. Like there's something about that. You're holding it in your hand, right? And it, you know what it feels like when you hold a beer can? Like I, I know this probably wasn't your yeah. intention, Dave, but that's what it feels like to me. It's like yeah. you're holding a beer can. The other thing that's brilliant about it is I can pop it. I'll chug it, you know, half of one. I can stick it back in the fridge. I don't have to cover it. It's water. It's not going to go bad, <laughs> you know? Stick it back in, and then when I get up the following morning, I roll out of bed. I got my water right there. So I've I've been chugging it, like getting more water into my life. Like I get up in the morning and drink it before my coffee because I'm like I need to get some water in my body before I yeah. pound this full pot of coffee. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. And it's, it's been great. I, I I know I'm biased, so I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But I'm pretty good at being objective when I really try to. We've had so many people tell a story just like that it's like i didn't expect this to be like anything outside of water but this is fucking awesome water you know like there's a novelty associated with drinking out of a can but honest to god i didn't i didn't really think of water as having a taste before oh for sure it does without Mm -hmm. a doubt it does it has a huge taste and so over the course of last summer when we were developing this like i got really hip to the taste of waters and mm-hmm. O2 makes, I, I mean, it's the best tasting water I've ever had. And, and I'm, I can only speak for myself, but it's good. 
Do you get like, like waters have a different feel too? Is that weird to say? Mm -hmm. That's why like, I can't, for the life of me, I can't drink Evian. It feels Mm -hmm. slimy to me. Is that super (laughs) weird? You can quantify that, that water feeling. Um, So that's, that's generally something called TDS, which stands for total dissolved solids. And that's, that's basically uh, another way of saying, what's the mineral content of the water? What's the TDS of the water? Mm. And so there's super low mineral content, which is not good for you, by the way. Low mineral water strips your body of its, of its minerals. Unfortunately for us, the most popular waters in America are either zero or like very low TDS. Shout out smart water. For- mm. um, so there's super low TDS waters, which just water without minerals. And then there's on the higher side, mineral enriched water, highly mineralized water. So spring waters are often highly mineralized waters. O2 is a very high mineral water. So I'm not sure, Nikki, actually, if you'd like it, if, if you don't like MEM because the, the sort of the, the texture, I guess, you may not like O2's water. Um, yeah, but I like Poland Springs. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, different waters come from different places and they have different tastes associated with it. Um, but we, I will try. I will let you know. I won't bullshit you. I'll tell you what I really think. Can you get some water from Provincetown, Rhode Island? That's the question. I'm, I'm sure I can make a very good water from Provincetown Springs. <laughs> don't think that you want any water that we make here. <laughs> well, then you definitely should try my water because it yeah. tastes awesome. Look, it's good stuff. I just, again, no commercial here, dude. I'm just, I'd tell you if I thought it was crap. Like he, I know you he, would. They send me some stuff. Like I get this message like, hey, we're going to send you some cans. I'm like, all right, I get shit all the time. And I'm, that's a total humble brag, but I really do. I get a lot of stuff. That was me, by the way, that was me. And I don't run our Instagram anymore, but I'm like, I got it. This John Lee guy, I found out he's an Ohio guy. I'm like, we got to get him some stuff. I forget what the post was. I did some post. It was probably for fit eight or somebody. And it was just a, you know, one of my normal jokes. And somebody went in the comments and said, Oh, you need, you need to try O2. And I'm like, all right, well, whenever they send me something, like within a few minutes, <laughs> yeah. I get a message from you going, hey, we're going to send you some shit. And so you did. <laughs> and I get a couple of cases and I get, you know, a bunch of stuff of the recovery water, which I'd seen before, you know, in my gym. And then I got a case of the spring water. And I'm like, all right, that's weird. Spring water. Like, I don't know these spring water and it's in a can. So it's even weirder, you yeah. know? And so I didn't think about it. Like I stuck it in my fridge. I'm like, all right, I'll get around to it. And I didn't drink it for a couple of weeks. And then one day, like I worked out in my basement, I was sweaty as hell. And I'm like, I need a water. And I popped one. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. And then I pounded, like I went, I went through that case of water so fast at that point. Like it was every time I could go to my fridge, I was grabbing one and just, I just flew through them. It was great. That's awesome. The, the the water the taste of anything is always subjective. Like your palate's different than mine, which is different than Nikki's. But the one thing about the water that you can't argue, plastic is such fucking bullshit. Single Garbage. use plastic is wrecking the planet. Wrecking the planet. And 99% of bottled water is sold in single use plastic bottles. So that my, my intention with O2 water was not to make like the best tasting water ever, even though I, I think we made a pretty damn good tasting water. It was, this is kind of bullshit. All the water, you know, plastic waste, we should like do something about that and we should do it in a can. And so we did. There are two companies that I know today, O2 being one of them that are doing something about this. The other one's liquid death. And I, I mm-hmm. guess technically a competitor, but I, I think the world of that company because they're doing it for the right reasons. And yeah. I hope that we can have some small impact 
on single-use plastic consumption because it is horrible. Absolutely That's horrible. Awful. So if I, if I haven't guilted anybody into, uh, into drinking the water yet, then, you know, you don't have, you don't have a soul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, You've done a nice job of making me have more tequila tonight than I expected on a Tuesday Thanks, night. So thank I'll, you for I'll that. take that as a compliment. Uh, I could take it the other way, but and likewise, right back at you. I don't know if we solved all the problems of the world, but I think we need to do more happy hours like this. I think I we should do this again. I would love to do this again. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, well, we'll get the regular happy hour on the schedule and we'll just talk about the problems of the world. How about that? Yes, please. Let's do it. I'm in. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you thanks being here. Thanks for having me. This is a blast. Love it. Appreciate Always. Nikki, you didn't have enough cocktails tonight. You need to get Matt on that, man. I know. I know. We'll have him bring me some hard liquor next time just so I can. I probably yeah. will take like three sips and be like, oh, well, that's podcast flavor, you guys. Does, does um, Matt ever join? Like, what if you join next time as, as, as the uh, surrogate cocktail drinker? He would love that. I'll bring him on the next happy hour. He would love that. He would also probably simultaneously shit his pants because he's like always in the back being like, what am I going to be on the podcast? I'm like, you want to come on? And he's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> as long as as long as he can do a little bit of prep work and find some recipes with his wife that are good with O2 and hard alcohol, then, mm-hmm. then all right, you want to know I am all for it. I would love to see if Matt would come out of a shell on the podcast. Matt's a quiet dude, Dave. Like Matt sat next to me at the games, didn't talk for like two hours. Like he's just, he's like everything Nikki is. He's the opposite from a personality type. Until you get to know him. Cause I feel like people can listen to this and be like, Matt actually has no filter. That's, that's real Matt. I have no doubt of that. I have absolutely no doubt. And I we love Matt. Get, we'll get one cocktail in him to start, and then we'll come oh, yeah. on. Probably this will be a do blast. It. Yeah. Let's do blast. it. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, yeah. I'm down. All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. And uh, hey. we'll do it again soon. For everyone listening, appreciate you guys joining our little happy hour. We will put drinks in the show notes for you guys if you guys need a few recipes. And um, we'll appreciate you joining, and we will chat with you guys soon. Take care.